With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Last Factor Podcast. What is up, College Across fans? Today, we have one thing and one thing only to talk about. We are going to talk about number four, Syracuse, traveling down to Durham, North Carolina to take on number two, Duke. Duke just recently, at least on the coaches poll, lost their number one spot to North Carolina. So they're going to be a little bit salty about that. And they're going to be a little bit salty about the fact that historically, Syracuse has owned Duke over the last six meetings. It's not really historically, but over the last, since 2014, Syracuse is 4-2 and two against Duke. 2019, Cuse won 9-8. Brennan Curry scored the game winner in that one. 2018, Syracuse beat Duke 15-14. And keep in mind, Cuse was only 8-7 and seven that year, and Duke lost to Yale in the national championship. So it was not the best Syracuse team that still beat Duke 15-14. Jamie uh, Tromboli scored the game winner in that one. 2017, Cuse wins 13-11. Jamie Tromboli comes up huge in that one. Actually, was it 13-11 or was it 13-12? I'm going to have to check that. Uh, 2016, Duke gets the win. 2015, Cuse beat down Duke. And 2014, Duke beat down Cuse. It's one of those deals where it's gone back and forth over time. But over the last three seasons, Syracuse has edged Duke by a goal. And Jamie Tromboli scored two of those game winners. And Brennan Curry uh, scored the other. Now, let's kind of go through position by position and kind of try to compare and contrast these teams and see how they match up. If we're going to look at their attack units, the edge goes to Duke in this one. Duke boasting Michael Sowers on attack. He's been, uh, he has 18 goals and 26 assists so far this season. Joe Robertson is 21 and eight and Brennan O'Neill, the freshman 22 and five. Sowers is the twitchy quick quarterback here that he can sting you a zillion different ways really kills people from x and from the wings for the most part can feed dodge obviously kid can do everything he's going to be problems uh the question becomes who does cuse put on him and the answer is i have no idea i don't think syracuse has a defender that matches up well not at least a close defender that matches up all that well with sours a lot of people have talked about do they bring kennedy down from lsm after moving him to lsm with great success i would say they probably don't they're probably going to start Start with one of their three close D's, close defenders guarding Sowers, and they'll only bring Kennedy down if they're having problems. But the idea being, you can kind of let Sowers sting you a little bit as long as you can control the Duke midfield, the step down shooters, and the cutters in the Duke midfield, and uh, and the other two attackmen as well. But O'Neill. He's a bully dodger. I like Syracuse's chances against them. Syracuse was able to neutralize Matt Moore in that UVA game. So it's one of those deals where you're going to kind of have to pick your poison. Who's going to beat you? You know Sowers is going to beat you. So what you got to try to do is really clamp down on everybody else and make sure everybody isn't beating you all willy-nilly. And then don't don't front on Joe Robertson, crafty veteran. He excels off ball, especially in transition, running that point in transition. He's been deadly so far since he's been back, but 
He's also been a little bit more aggressive dodging, so Cuse is going to have to watch that. He's been kind of sneaky dodging, where if he sees there's no help, he's just going to run and try to run past his man from X. So the, the, the Duke attack, I think, definitely wins this battle overall if you're trying to compare the two units. Now, Cuse, though, Stephen Rafis, 12-13 and 13 so far. Chase Scanlon had a breakout game against Holy Cross on uh, over the weekend. He's 14-6 and six now, thanks to that game. Owen Hiltz, the freshman, 13-10. and 10. Similar in makeup in terms of they both they have – Two veteran attack in Rafis and Scanlon, just like Duke does in Robertson and Sowers, but they both have freshmen that have played really well that are definitely competing for freshman of the year in the ACC. Now, the Cuse attack started out as a weakness in terms of the Army game. Their first game played terrible. Ever since then, they've really been leading this offense and playing playing really well and playing aggressive. Rafis has been playing like the All-American. I was hoping that he would be. And then whether they need a goal, a feed, whatever, Rafis has been there to deliver. And he's been dodging really well, overly, just overall, just been playing great lacrosse. And in that, that 12 and 13 point spread, 50-50 points, you can't beat that. And I like Rafis in the matchups against the Duke defenders. He's been dodging well, and then even Hiltz and Scanlon, it kind of keeps the defense honest because if Rafis draws a slide, he's been hitting either Scanlon or Hiltz, and, and it's been really burning people. Duke doesn't have a true lockdown defender. They have one of the best defenders in the country in JT Giles Harris, but he's not a lockdown defender. He's just a jack of all trades. He does everything well, but he's not really a master of anything. I would say he, he kind of excels in anchoring a D. He's kind of a quarterback of the defense in the same way that Sowers is a quarterback of the offense, but I, I, I don't think that the Duke defense even though the Duke defense is definitely more formidable overall than the Syracuse defense. I don't think they're going to shut down the Syracuse attack or anything like that. Owen Hiltz, the freshman, he proved early that he's a serious goal-scoring threat, but in their last game against Holy Cross, did a bunch of dishing, so opening his game up a little bit is going to keep Duke guessing. And then Scanlon, his breakout game against Holy Cross. Now, the problem with Scanlon in this matchup is Duke plays really well off-ball. So in order for Syracuse to open Scanlon up, A, they're going to have to win those one-on-one dodges. They're going to have to beat defenders to the cage, whether it be at the midfield or at attack. But Scanlon is not going to get nearly as many opportunities as he did against Holy Cross. So Scanlon is going to have to be extremely efficient in his scoring on this day. Edge, Duke on attack. Midfield, Edge, Syracuse. Cuse has the best first line midfield in the country. Everybody knows that. So even Duke's first line, who's very capable, they don't have three legitimate All-Americans. You could pick them. You can make any one of these three Syracuse midfielders a first team All-American, and it would be an absolute it would be absolutely legit. Brennan Curry is seven and eight so far. Dordovic's twelve and one. Jamie Tromboli eight and one. And even better for these guys, they have not been called upon to lead the offense in the last couple of games. They kind of they they Dordovic tore it up against Army, and then against UVA, the midfielders, they ran that invert where they had Curry inverting quite a bit, and he had a huge game. So depending on the matchups, these these midfielders, they can kind of just say, hey, if our attack can't handle it, we're going to step up and we're going to play. I expect to see that in this game too, though, because the Duke defense is good enough to kind of handle and not get totally burned by the Syracuse attack, especially because we only have one true Dodger down there. I expect to see a little bit of what we did against Virginia, where we were inverting some attackmen or some midfielders. I expect to see Curry on the first line inverting a little bit, expect to see Dordovic maybe invert or dodge from the wings a little bit, and then Siebold on that second line. I would assume that he's probably going to see some time at X trying to beat defenders there as well. 
and depending on how the short stick matchups go. You know, one of the Q's midfielders is surely going to be short sticked at least. They'll probably put a pole on or a short stick on one of the attackmen as well. So, you know, you're going to end up with at least one Q's midfielder without a long pole and that you might end up seeing him go into the rack a lot or, or hit next up. But either way, that Syracuse midfield line, that first line definitely edges out the Duke first line. And then that second line in terms of uh, Quinn and Siebold, they're going to get burned and Quinn has to take good shots. I don't like some of Quinn's shot selection and uh, he, we don't want to see him take bad shots, which are pretty much equivalent to turnovers in games like these. And then Seabold, he's going to have to put up a couple of points. So they're really going to need that second midfield line to contribute maybe three goals, maybe even four goals in this game to keep it close. Now, the Duke midfield, not looking too bad. Nakai Montgomery has been playing incredible lacrosse the last couple of games, 10 and 12 overall. Owen Caputo, 9 and 3. Sean Lowry, 7 and 1. Dyson Williams, 10 and 1. Aiden Denenza, 3 and 5. You name it, you, they, they can just kind of fill, fill the roles. I don't know exactly who plays on the first line all the time, but I presume Montgomery, Caputo, Lowry, and Williams, and then Denenza a little bit will be kind of in that rotation. They lost B- Bedore to an injury so he was the one that I was really afraid of because that guy can sting you on the run the rest of these Duke guys are just good cutters great step down shooters none of them are going to burn you on the dodge terrible outside of maybe Montgomery Caputa he can too but I just I like the Q's defense the the short stick D mid matchups and the and as long as Kennedy can stay up at midfield at at the defensive midfield I like Q's against that Duke that Duke midfield but watch out for Montgomery watch out for the Duke midfielders as step down shooters and as cutters because they'll burn you that way now defensively edge Duke you can't you can't argue it Duke has a better overall defense they, they give up less goals you know they're just a much better much better lacrosse team or they're playing much better defense against similar talent i think overall they're capable of hanging in uh, within their one-on-one matchups and they play really good off ball and team defense overall for syracuse oops i'm i'm ditching here oh yeah so for syracuse on attack against the that duke defense that's going to be key can they can can rafis specifically win whoever win the matchup uh, depending on who guards him can he get to the rack can he draw slides if he can do that that ends up opening up Chase Scanlon and Hiltz and then that ends up opening up the Syracuse midfield a little bit more as well so you, I can't stress how important it is for Steven Rafis to play well in this game and for him to win some of his matchups but JT Giles Harris he's going to be huge he's going to anchor this defense off ball he's going to try to cause some turnovers he's going to try to pick some passes out of the sky and get get the ball upfield so you got to watch out for that now the Q's defense it depends on which team shows up the team that faced Army off ball was a nightmare and if they do not have their off ball crap shored up this could end up being a long game. You could end up seeing Duke win by quite a, not quite a margin, but you could then end up seeing Duke win by three, five goals if Syracuse can't handle their off-ball business because Sowers will pick you apart, but it's not just Sowers. It's Nakai Montgomery. M- Montgomery loves hitting Joe Robertson for some reason, so Syracuse has to play smart off-ball. They have to be able to get there when help is needed, and they also have to be able to make sure they're shoring up those matchups on the backside and make sure that they're covering cutters, all things that they've struggled with. Now, in in the Virginia game, Virginia doesn't have it. Virginia does a lot of dodging and carrying and beating guys in one-on-one matchups. And Cuse didn't let Virginia beat them in those one-on-one matchups. So, if they can kind of force that and win those one-on-one matchups, not have to slide as often, 
well, giddy up. Then they don't have to worry about the off-ball stuff as much. But with Mike Sowers, with Brennan O'Neill, guys like that dodging, it's going to be tough. So Syracuse has to play their best game against Duke here. But definitely edge to Duke in terms of the defense. Now, in terms of the goalkeepers, I give the edge to Syracuse. Now, the odd thing here is that Adler actually has the better save percentage. He's uh, hanging at about, I believe, 61%. But Porter has been more consistent outside of that Army game. Porter had a rough outing against Army, and that really lowers his uh, save percentage overall because Army put up a bunch of shots and a bunch of goals on him, and he did not make a whole lot of saves. But since then, the last four games, he's been above 60% in every single game. Adler has been well... Adler, similarly, struggled badly against Denver, ended up getting benched, ended up earning a starting spot back, and he's played well in almost every game since. He's been above 60% more often than not. He's even had an 80% game. I think the only game he struggled in recently was against Air Force. Still a win for Duke, though. And other than that, he's played well, especially their last three games. He's had solid outings. So I still give the edge a little bit to Porter. He's, you know... He's played in the ACC now for for a longer period of time. He's played in these big games before, and he's won in these big games before. So I give him a slight edge, but but make make no mistake, Adler is capable of standing on his head and winning a game. And that's that, that could end up being the key here. The goalie that plays the better game could end up being on the team that wins the game. So watch that matchup in cage and watch it early to see what happens. Because a lot of times, if a goalie plays well early, it can kind of screw up shooter's flow through the rest of the game. So the, both of these goalies are going to want to start, uh, start hot in this. Specialists, face-offs, um, short stick D midfielders. I kind of call this a wash overall. Offensively, both teams can sting you man up, man down. Short stick D mids, I probably give the edge slightly to Duke because if you're not named Dearth, uh, for Syracuse and you're a short stick D mid, you haven't been playing all that well. I think I don't think many would argue with that. But then I like Kennedy at LSM, not just because of his capabilities as a defender, but because of his capabilities in transition, making things happen. They've been playing Cook a little bit at the faceoff dot uh, off the wing, so that'll be interesting to see. I think their faceoff units both have been doing well. Duke holds a slightly higher uh, uh, faceoff win percentage than Syracuse does, but I think that's partly because Syracuse has played less games and they got absolutely murdered against Vermont. So that's kind of dragging their numbers down. I think that uh, in terms of the faceoff and between the boxes, these teams are, are pretty evenly matched overall. But like I said, I do like Duke's short stick D mids a little better. Problem being, they also have to play against the better midfield. So I think that's why I think overall that's a wash. Now, if we're looking at lacrosse reference pro, they have Syracuse's offense ranked eighth and Duke's offense ranked fifth. Both teams have been as good as any in the nation in terms of their offensive efficiency. And we know both of them are very capable offensively. Uh, Duke holds that edge a little bit because they put that absolute beat down on high point. Both teams have also struggled against their best opponents. Duke struggling in their first two games offensively against Denver and Robert Morris. And Syracuse, they struggled badly against Army, and then they haven't struggled again since. So both teams playing similar opponents since those first couple of games, and I think that both of them are pretty evenly matched overall offensively. Now defensively, this is where Duke holds a much larger edge. Syracuse's defensive efficiency is 35th uh, per pro lacrosse reference, and Duke's is 9th. And like I said, they hold the edge here, but they've also played more games. They've also played a couple more cupcakes. So where we're looking at a, a ranked ninth versus a ranked 35th, 
for Syracuse. I don't think the spread's quite that deep. I think if you gave Syracuse a couple more of those easier games, they're going to drop theirs down into maybe the mid-20s or so, and then that, that looks a little bit better overall. But, man, in this one, it's going to be tough to even pick them. Uh, I, I'm sitting here trying to think, well, who, who am I going to take in this? I think that if you're just being reasonable, Duke's the favorite. Everyone's going to call Duke the favorite. But they, you know, that's why you got to play the game in the end because Syracuse has proven that even in years where Duke was a much better team, a Justin Gutterding-led Duke team that lost in the national championship – lost to Syracuse by a goal, uh, Jamie Trimboli scoring the game winner in that one. So you, you kind of have to give the mental edge overall to Syracuse just because it's like, it doesn't matter how good the Duke team was that year. Each of the last three seasons, Syracuse has come away with a win. 2020, they didn't meet. So between 2017, 2018, and 2019, Syracuse has won, won, and won. So you kind of give the mental edge to Syracuse there, but Duke has had this game circled on their calendar for a while. A lot of people will talk about what's the best rivalry in college across. I'm not going to try to say this is the best rivalry in college across, but in terms of the ACC, sure. This year, you can make the argument Duke-North Carolina is always fun, partly because of the basketball rivalry carrying over into lacrosse, partly because of their close proximity, and this year, partly because now North Carolina is number one and Duke is number two, and they've been one and two in the rankings all season so far, but this is the real rivalry right now in the ACC, and this has been a game that Duke has been dying to play since 2020. Duke wanted to play this game badly in 2020. It wasn't going to work out probably for them last year unless they were going to be the team that overachieved and beat the team that was fav the favorite, but uh, this year you know Duke is chomping at the bit to exact some revenge on Syracuse. They get to do it at home Thursday night in a primetime lacrosse game. It really couldn't be much better than that. That's it, yo. I'm, I just wanted to talk about this game. I am geared up for this game. Sadly, I will get my second vaccine that morning. Yet the, tomorrow morning, I get my second uh, my second tiger blood shot. So I'm hopefully not going to start feeling like crap until after the game. Probably won't be able to drink beer during the game. That's going to be a little bit sad for me. But, you know, I, I digress. I cannot wait for this game. You guys all got to watch it. It's going to be on ACC Network. Um, I'm not sure in terms of the app and all that crap where you'll find it but it should be most people that have a cable package should end up having this game as well unless your cable package sucks uh youtube tv that's what i have that's what i'll end up watching it on so that is it for today short episode i just wanted to talk about this one as always thank you for watching thank you for listening i will be back saturday morning for the live stream before all of saturday's games we'll talk about this game and what happened Thursday night, and then we'll talk about all the games that are about to come up. Albany got a huge win over UMass yesterday. We'll talk about that a little bit Saturday as well, but uh, I'm going to get out of here. Short video today. Let's all enjoy the crap out of this game Thursday night, and Hoost is out.